is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. Live. All right, welcome everybody to Schaefer Baseball Report. Another week, uh, baseball in full bloom. We're here with uh, John Easy Cheese, Chief Two Beer, Ennis, Andrew One Tool Zyke, myself. And uh, ready to rock. We got a great guest coming on today, uh, high school uh, classmate of mine at Patrick Medford High School, Mark Kestra. And uh, he's going to give us a little, um, a lot, actually, a lot of information on the uh, the NIL, the uh, name, image, and licensing that's going on now that's going to allow players to uh, to generate revenues off of, uh, off of their name and image. Um, it's been a, a debate for years. Um, a long time, actually, you know, well over a hundred years, believe it or not. It's kind of crazy when you look at the history of it, but, um, but jumping into our stuff, uh, John, we got the, you deserve a chance foundation all-star game coming up June 8th and 9th. We're excited about that. It's going to be free to the players. Uh, it'll help, uh, you know, obviously it'll bring attention to the guys that, uh, you know, that either are committed and are going to be draft possible draft guys or, or follow guys through college. And then um, also for the uh, the kids that are younger that are that are unrecruited, we'll have college recruiters here, major league scouts. We've already reached out to many of those guys that uh, will post up for this. Everybody's excited about it. Yeah, good celebration of guys that had good high school seasons and are looking to play play ball at the next level. It'll yep. be a good. It'll be a good show. Should be a fun time. Yeah. So the the facility, you know, obviously it'll be held here at Tuxedo Dreamfields in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to break it up by state. We're going to go North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, it should be interesting because, you know, when, when you sit on the border right here, like we do of North Carolina, South Carolina, a lot of these kids have played with each other against each other. Um, you know, but it's, uh, we're literally like my house is one mile from the North Carolina border. You're not that far from the South Carolina border. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, we're, you know, we're right on the edge. So like a lot of the, you know, a lot of, you know, we go get our gas and our, and our booze down in South Carolina. Oh, sure. You use <laughs> us, man. You use us. I got it. Yeah, well, you use our airport. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do we have? We had, uh. Concord, no, Gastonia Airport, yeah. one strip. Nobody goes in and out of it. But, yeah, so it's, it's exciting because, you know, there's there's so many good players and it's going to be uh, – it's not an easy process because we're only going to basically go uh, one team per age group mm-hmm. uh, from each state. And, um, you know, we'll play two nine, – we'll play nine-inning games. We're going to go juniors and seniors. Upper and class and lower class. Upper class and lower class, yep. And, um, you know, we're discussing the the possibility of a middle school all-star game also that Andrew wants to uh, run on. But the facility, obviously, we can accommodate, um, you know, all age groups here. Um, so the season's underway. Your little guys are out, man. It's time. I get to go watch them this weekend. I'm sorry I miss all the, uh, all the practices. Oh. Not intentional, man, but I got a son that's playing, and I don't want to miss any of that. That's how, Yeah, I know. That's how it works, man. You get chasing around. You just, everybody's. It's that time of year where we're all just blurs. We're just going yeah. and coming, and we run across each other a little bit here just to make sure the grass is cut. But other than that, it's chasing high school players. It's chasing our college guys. We know we get. You know we got the college team out here all the time. Got the young guys going. You know all different directions. I hate. I'll tell you what. It just drives me nuts. When you play a uh, and I'm air quoting here a Charlotte local tournament. Yeah. And it's in Gaffney. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. What, what yeah. are we doing here? We got to. It would be nice if we get the, you know, it's, it's great having our centralized location, but if all these tournament bodies could get on board with that, that would be See, a lot that, more helpful. That becomes, that becomes the issue for us though, but because everybody wants to, you know, the younger guys are done, they're not kind of educated on the whole process of travel showcase baseball. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a flawed landscape. 
you know, in terms of, I mean, we have one of the nicest facilities in, in both states here. Um, and, you know, if we want to run our own event, we have to go hustle teams to get here mm-hmm. and do that because everybody, especially the younger guys, want to chase points yeah. and trophies. Well, and- there's, I mean, there's so many incentives to playing in those. And, I mean, they're smart, you know, the, the tournament bodies are smart for, for offering those. But when it comes down to just, like, having multiple kids around and, and a lot of baseball in the area, it's, I mean, it's difficult to go to all these different locations and, and try to sort things out and, see you know, see what you need to see as far as your personal life. And then also, you know, us as professionals in the baseball sure. industry trying to get around all these different places when there's, I mean, there's easier options out there if we could all get on the same page. Well, we got to put together something, at least where we're, you know, we're having some type of genuine championship. Forget that. Let's just gripe about it. Okay. That Let's sounds good. I do that. Listen, Amanda says that to me every morning. <laughs> All you do is complain. Is that the, you know, what the heck? I'm like, yeah, well, I'm you know, but that's why I wear these glasses too, like this to separate yeah. because they drive her crazy. Well, it makes what? you look fancy. It does make me look yeah. fancy. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent, man. I'm looking, I'm looking fancy then. Um, yeah, fancy pants. Yeah. So I, so we, you know, it's you know yeah the griping joke that you know that's funny but in reality you know if we do more of these elite type tournaments you know we're, we're you're benefiting to me i always look at it like golf right yeah. you know when you go into these big events even when we go down to pg or or pbr and you get put in a bracket you know there's there's definitely teams that won't show well in that environment right. and but they show up there because it's numbers and it's money um but you know you want to take you want to take a, a group like you guys you got you have a talented group of kids both both age groups um, with the express that they need to be playing the right competition on a daily basis to get better. It, it helps. I mean, the, the problem is it's so hard. There's it's so it's so watered down, and you know you go to some yeah. of these tournaments and you end up you know say uh, you know we, we we all want to go to Ripken, right? Right. So we're going to go up to Pigeon Forge and play at Ripken. Um, you know we're going to play three or four games, and we're we'll get one good game there, and then we'll mm-hmm. get two games mm-hmm. that are just. Yeah, you know, just complete waste of time, really, as far as as the talent that's on the field. But it's a fun experience. So you know, you throw that on the yeah. schedule because everybody's kind of you know, let's go pick one thing to go out and, and that's you know, go do. You know that, that's a big piece, and we use that word a lot. You know, you've you've said it, I've said it, Andrew said it, everybody in our organization has said it. Is, you know, a lot of these kids miss out on the experience, and everything is chasing championships and trying to be the best, and you know, people going out and trying to get players from other teams. I'm sure you guys get. Phone calls daily, uh, you know. I mean, it's amazing how uh, people are recruiting, trying to recruit from other teams, nine and ten, eleven year old, twelve year old kids. It's pathetic. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, on you know, they they've got an idea that they're going to go down and play in these big events, but you've got to load up to go to these big events. Right. But when they play locally, you can't carry a fourteen or sixteen man roster with ten year old kids. That's just it doesn't work. So they're constantly out there trying to trying to beef up their rosters and stuff like that. And then you know, to me, that's you know, I mean, I understand that. I, I mean, I used to not even understand it at the high school level, but, you right. know, at this point, you know, that's just the way it is at the high school level. Mm-hmm. I really still, I still, you know, I pull away from that at the, at the youth levels. I mean, you know, there's, there's good enough ball players, especially here. You know, it's not like we've got to go take the entire state of Massachusetts to create one team that's strong. Right. You know, I mean, we can stay in, you know, the South Charlotte zip code and put together two teams that could go down to a, a they world play anywhere in the country, yeah. anywhere in the country. So, you know, to me, you know, there's not really, you know, we can sit there and create kind of a community based team and kind of stick with that and get these kids better, you know, as long as, you know, everybody, you know, but everybody's got to be on board. Yep. Yeah. But then, you know, they dangle the carrot out there in front of you and go get your points and, you know, get your rings well, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, this, this, everything is territorial as well. I mean, we have so many different, um, you know, facilities like ours and academies and, you know, people out there and everybody's, Nobody wants to kind of work together. You know, it's always how, how does, you know, how does it benefit 
does benefit their organization better than a lot of times. And I, you know, this is just my observation. What, you know, the things that we have here, as far as the level of coaching, the facilities, um, you know, the, the network of college coaches and USA baseball and all that other stuff that other organizations don't necessarily want players or people around us to see what we have. So uh, they'll, so they'll yeah. push, they'll push back a little bit. They'll, they'll push back. It's been that way. I mean, we've been doing this for going yeah. on 18 I years think, now. Yeah. I think, you know, now that we're seeing, now that we've been in this a little bit longer and, and, you know, things have kind of come full circle as far as come some of the relationships we have kind of rebuilt, right. You know, cause you know, eventually, you know, at one point when I first got into this, you know, it was, everybody was expanding and everybody was getting into the uh, academies and things like that. And, you know, new academies were popping up left and right. And now that's kind of settled back in a little bit. So some of the good connections like, um, you know, Scott Bankhead's group sure. and in the on deck group down, yep. you know, legacy uh, baseball. Le- yeah. You're starting Southern, to see, Southern it's like, Athletics, okay, these yeah. are, you know, these are actually more yeah. on in line with kind of what we have and, and what we offer. And so there's no, there's no competition necessarily between the two of us, you know, or not the two of us, but that group of organizations, just because we're on the same page and we understand what each other's doing well, and we other, trust each other. Know, we trust each other. That's a big point because, you know, I mean, we, it's taken us a long time to establish. I mean, when you tell somebody, you know, we're not, we're not poachers. We don't, we're not, we're not coming after your players. We just want the best competition for the people that we have in our organization against whatever you have in your organization. So when you get, you know, when, when there's that kind of like, okay, we know that they're not going to be picking up the phone or, you know, instant messaging the kid. That, I mean, we've seen, we've seen IMs and stuff like that to, to nine, 10 year old kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. So when you have that, when you get that kind of uh, relationship with those other organizations, you know, it, it works, um, you know, but we, everybody has to work around their schedule also because each organization has different events that they like to go to, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's, it's, you know, it, it it's, it, it takes some work on the phone, you know, but we haven't gotten to the point where we've established those, those set dates every year. Like, okay, this is what we're doing against with this group. This is what we're doing with this group and that group, you know, instead of running around chasing everybody. Listen, I love, I love the, I love the events, the big events in terms of PG and PBR, obviously not a fan of, you know, the, the rankings and all that other stuff, but, um, you know, those, those are fun to go down to, you yeah. know, to load up and go down and play against teams from other parts of the country. And just see where um, you're stacking up, yeah. you know, you get into your bracket and, you know, obviously you go down to like one of those, you know, huge brackets and you're trying to, you know, just try to get through to the, you know, the, the final 32 or something. Right. But it's great too. Cause you know, you, you play around your region quite a bit and then you get to go in there and see what Arkansas looks like and see what Minnesota yeah. looks like and see what, sure. what all these different, and it's, you know, that it's pretty exciting. Yeah. You get a good shock from time to time. We played a team out of Minnesota. I'm thinking, okay, here comes a bunch of hockey heads. And man, they they beat up on us like. You know, they, well, we saw a team. We dude, saw a team out of Minnesota that was yeah. arm after arm after yeah. arm. It was like just a bunch of fresh arms coming at us, yeah. and a bunch of big, tall, Swedish-looking dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if we get we get something like that going, it's a, it would be fun. Obviously, with the facility, you know, we're getting the lights in here, so that's going to allow us more hours to do more things. You know, we kind of this time of year we we you know we partner with. Um, Queens University, so it's their season. They're in the middle of it. It's difficult to to bump things around and change things around. Then without the lights early on, you know, we can't go deep into the night. Uh, but now, you know, with the lights coming, we can play because of the ordinance that we have. We're okay. We can play until 2 in the morning. It could be like a hockey rink. You know, everybody's just, you know, renting the time and the, and the space. But the fields are good. Yeah, yep, the fields, fields are great. The fields rolled, look amazing. Yeah, we got to play out here on Sunday with Grady's team, and they they rolled awesome. The infield yeah. was just smooth. It was just smooth. Make smooth, it sound smooth, like there's smooth. like we have a green screw out here. Jamie uh, rolling great. He shows. I see. I see. I've seen Eddie out here a couple times. Yeah, Eddie's semi-retired too. Uh, yeah, he said he's got. He's got. By the way, Tyler had his baby. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, Tyler Dabbs, congratulations. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's somebody out here all the time, whether it's Andrew, whether it's you, whether it's me, it's there's somebody working on these fields all the time. Yeah, we got to hurry up. I got a project I got to finish. Yeah, and I, I got to go line I got the field. early. Where were you on the Peloton? <laughs> I was riding. I was man. like, man, I'm lifting 50 pound bags of sand my and gravel. Yeah, temple. I got my, my workout temple. in. My Peloton was was labor. Man, you should have seen the gal that was. I mean, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> Where? At Oh, your Peloton. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> That's, it was a fun ride Friday. That's I'd for love sure. to tell the, one of my favorite Peloton stories, John's. Oh, my. Yeah. It was right when I got it, yeah. and I was riding it without a shirt on, and I was sitting there watching the gal on there, and I was like, man, look at those things. And then I was like, that's just a dang reflection. That's John. <laughs> <laughs> I was heavier yeah. when I started. I was a lot so, heavier when I started. Needed um, a bra. So last week's show, Andrew, we got a lot of feedback yeah. from Pat Fenson. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's the uh, performance coach, and he – Worked well. He's an ex-military, thirty-plus years, and uh, Green Beret, and worked with special ops soldiers, mentally preparing them. So you can imagine, you know, taking that agenda and bringing it into the athlete. Um, you know, it's it's pretty intense. But uh, you know, those are things. That's another tool that's you know that's that's needed, and it's it's negated. I mean, we've always talked about the the mental part, right, of the game, but it's never been a part that um, has been actually coached or you know put into your your repertoires as far as practice goes you know some guys we've come across come across guys in our career you know and i think i was probably probably fell into that category where you know tools wise enough to get there mentally probably in a different level because i had to be um you know so you you know you did your own training or your own convincing but you know there's so many good athletes out there that we see today that fall off the edge because they can't handle failure or you know they're 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 the you know, they're the big fish in a little pond and then they get into the big pond as far as college stuff like that goes and they don't produce and they don't know how to handle it. And, you know, college at college, you don't get a ton of opportunity to stay on the field. You know, I mean, you either got to show that you can you got a short shelf early. life if you're struggling. Yeah. You know, you got you know? to turn it over. I, t- I tell you what. And that's why it's so hard to like, you know, you go see some of these these small school teams and they got this one stud looking player or whatever. Right. The problem with that guy is he doesn't even have to compete at practice. No. True. You know, you get you get into good environments where, where guys are constantly competing, even in the practice, because yeah. you spend more time practicing than mm-hmm. you get to play at the youth yeah. age groups. And, you know, they don't even have to compete at practice and everybody's just blown away because they're just, you know, this big, this big, the big fish in the small pond. And then they get out there in those competitive environments and you get these little dogs that have just found a way to fight and play yeah. on these better teams their whole life. And they get in there and they're, they're you know, they know how to compete in that yeah. in, in that practice environment where they make they get the at bats. It's kind of cool because we sit out here and we get to watch Queens every day. And, and again, it, we've said it before, and if it, it would be any coach, I'd say the same thing for, but Ross Steveley does a really good job of preparing the kids, but he also does a good job of letting them compete against each other to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that I mean, that's critical. You know, you're right. There's so many guys. I mean, even when we do our showcase stuff like that, there's no real competition. You're just trying to prepare them for the weekend. Hopefully that, they're, you know, they're going to execute um, and, and compete and, you know, and, and hopefully win. But, you know, that, you know, that's a great point. I mean, you just, you have to compete daily, you know, and if you can't find the person to compete against, you better find out something about yourself that you can. You got to find it with a way to, yeah. you know, a way to, to push yourself. Yeah. So, um, good to see that spring training's back, turning on yeah. MLB network and I get to watch games all night long in my recliner. I got pushed to a room. We redid the basement and Dylan and Zach are downstairs and Dylan's room opened up. So Amanda said, that'd be a good place for you to stay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to sneak in with beers. Yeah. <laughs> 
But, you know, so that, I mean, it's great to see, you know, I mean, obviously rosters are still kind of dicey and there's still some free agents out there that's, uh, that, that are going to help teams. So these guys are, you know, working out and preparing. Some of these guys may just show up as the season starts. You know, when they start to find out if some of these rookies or some of these younger guys that are on 40 man don't produce early and there's nothing down on the farm, they're going to go get some, some experienced guys. This is where you see those mid market and lower market teams get a deal on a guy for a year. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden they get some guy that you can't you can't imagine being in that market, and then next thing you know, they sign that one year deal. It's like Minnesota getting Correa for you know thirty thirty a year. Yeah, you know, it's basically one year contracts for him. He can get out whenever he wants. But you know, things he you know, unfortunately, he had to wait till after the. That was a shock that he went to Minnesota. Like I don't know why you would go to Minnesota because they gave him the one year outs. Yeah, I mean, thirty million dollars is great, but they gave him the one year out, so he can go back to free agency next year when everything's settled back down. Yeah, you know, you got to be feeling pretty good. As a Dodgers fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel good. I don't. I got. I've got my opinions about certain parts of our <laughs> our team. Our, obviously, our lineup looks great. I don't think our yeah. pitching staff has gotten any better, and I, I'd never have liked how Dave Roberts manages games. So, just, well, he's a, he's a save a metrics guy. He is a very very nice guy, and he understands. <laughs> the and she's nice got a guy. really nice personality. Yeah. Is that where this very is going? Nice guy. <laughs> she's very, got a great personality. Um, so. Well, that's it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they they do. They have, uh, you know, you know, they got a lot of money into that into that offensive team. Yeah, and, offensively, it's good. And and yeah. really, I mean, the the money that's on the offensive side, you know, it's 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 been well spent money. You know, I mean, there's the, the, most of the contracts aren't you know dead money as far as looking at guys that are just way way past their their prime and things. Right. The guys that they have that are role players are you know they're paid they're paid appropriately. They just got a lot of guys that they pay appropriately. You know, so it's 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 really good. I mean, the, the bullpen didn't get any better. Uh, the starting pitching did not get any better. You know, Kershaw's on the mm-hmm. downside of sure. you know his career. I mean, basically, he's at the rear four starter at this point. Yeah. You know, Walker Bueller's had injury issues. Julio, Julio Urias, you know, that he may mm-hmm. be the wild card there. But I mean, we got like David Price. Like, I mean, ten yeah, years ago, you know, ten years ago, that would have been fantastic. That was he was good early. I don't know, man. He just he, he that's a guy that I, it's tough to follow. He's got more uniforms than he's kind know. of fell off. He's you know yeah. he's just kind of fallen off the map once he left. Once he but left he had Tampa a big Bay. contract, long term contract. So if somebody's willing to continue to pick that up, then yeah. Uh, I think when they traded for him from Boston, Boston ended up eating a fair amount of that and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, they're on the good side of that contract as well, I guess, as far as liability. But, uh, you know, you're just looking for those young fresh. I mean, you, you know, Scherzer and DeGrom coming at you in, in New York. I mean, that's an exciting pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah. But, DeGrom stepped on the mound the other day for the first time and two innings punched out five and kids electric. It's amazing. What, how do you, why didn't you strike out six? <laughs> I think somebody bunted or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, this kid it's, uh, was a shortstop. Stetson. You know, yeah, it was a shortstop. And yeah, how about that, Coach? Figure it out, huh? Yeah. Get the kid on the mound, yeah, right? No, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's taking credit for it, though, somewhere along the way, right? Oh, he saved his arm. Yeah, he did. Brilliant. He was brilliant. So, all right. So, we're gonna, well, let's bring on Mark, and uh, we'll jump into this this NIL stuff. All right. Well, Mark, good to see you. Hello, guys. Hey, Shafe. John, nice to meet you. Thank you for uh, this opportunity. No, we're look, we're looking forward to getting some uh, some some education on the uh, on the NIL, the naming, imaging, and licensing. I think uh, as far as uh, the names and the images go, and licensing, John and I are familiar with that because part of our our major league package when we were playing was our licensing revenue. And any uh, any time a player's name or image was used, take out the uh, the logo or the the team identity, um, money went into this war chest, and at the end of each spring training, we got a percentage. And um, 
when I was playing, it was pretty substantial. I don't know if it's the same now if they're renegotiating, but you know, I mean, we had years where we got close to a hundred thousand dollars in spring training and you know, that's late eighties, you know, early nineties. That's, you know, that was big bank at that point when, uh, you know, when you get, when you get in those checks, I mean, we had to sit inside, remember they'd bring in, uh, they'd bring in the players union. They give us the whole Dr. Boudreaux story and all the, uh, all the naysays and nobody would even pay attention until they, they brought out the envelopes and then we would get the, uh, then everybody's just waiting in line because they do it alphabetically. And then uh, one year, one year we pulled out Matty Sinatra's check. He was, he was dying for this money. He had it already spent <laughs> and we made him go all the way through the whole, the whole clubhouse and everybody got a check and Matty didn't get a check. And then they started to talk for another 20 minutes. He wanted to kill somebody. It was the best. It was, we picked on that guy all the time. Um, so, so Mark, your company, the players NIL, um, this is, it's, it's, it's been a debate for over a hundred years in terms of amateur athletes at the college level, uh, being able to um, generate revenue for themselves off of their images, off of their name, off of these different things. And there's been lawsuits and uh, things bumped around in terms of trying to get that, uh, you know, until recently, basically it was academic money, um, room and board that, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch. Every athlete was treated the same and that was all you got. You know, you got a scholarship basically, whether it was academic money or athletic money and, you, and part of it could have been room and board or, or not. But um, you have uh, you have a company, there's a, there's a website out there that I need you to talk about. You have five pillars, what you're doing. You're going to be educating people on this this wild, wild west that we're in right now. Have you gotten your? Have you completely gotten a grasp of what's happening with uh, with the NIL? Well, Jeff, the wild, wild west is is the correct uh, you know designation. So, just to give you a little history, uh, this really started some ten plus years ago with a lawsuit from a basketball player at UCLA who filed a class action suit because his name and image and likeness was used in a video game. And his name was Ed O'Banion. That really started the ball rolling and got legislators and lawmakers and lawyers involved. And so here we are, July 1st, 2021, for the first time ever in the history of the NCAA, legally, athletes could get paid away from their sport for their name, image, and likeness. And so the timing was interesting. It was the, the beginning of summer. Football was getting ready, and it was a bunch of uh, pariah in a shark-infested water, all those scenarios where athletes were trying to get deals, brands were trying to get athletes, agents were trying to marry the two, schools were trying to navigate the crazy scene, recruiting was at all-time high frenzy in terms of what deals could be made out there. And so uh, I was in a transition in my career professionally, having been in sports and entertainment for the last 14 years. I produced commercials and TV shows in Hollywood, I worked with athletes, I worked with agents, I worked with brands, I represented the professional sports league, so I'd seen firsthand what this predatory uh, nature of this industry was, and quite honestly, it was a little disturbing because uh, I saw a lot of kids being taken advantage of, and so around October, I started my company, it's called The Players NIL, and um, I'm happy to share with you what we're doing and how we got there and, and uh, you know what we're trying to do to help kids. Good. So that, yeah, that's what, that's what we need. I mean, I've done my, I've done some research. Obviously we, you and I spoke, uh, we got put together by another uh, high school um, friend of ours uh, said Mark was doing this and there might be some synergy to it and let's connect. And uh, the day after, I mean, not, I mean, when I got off the phone with him talking about the NIL, cause I had heard about it. I hadn't really paid much attention to it. Wasn't really sure how it fit into our world. 
Um, and then I go to the mailbox and my, and my, my Turp magazine that comes in from, from my university, um, the cover story was about NIL. So it's, uh, it's definitely taken on some legs. You know, there's one, one piece in here that was kind of, there's a lot of different pieces in here. I don't want to say one, but is this a suspension of the rule or is this a, a new legislation? It's a, it's a, it's a legislative change, a permanent change um, okay. that was effective July 1st last year. Because uh, the way, how I read it in the beginning was basically it was just a suspension to kind of feel it out. But now it's uh now it's now it's full blown. It's all on. The genie's out of the bottle, as they say. All right, all right. So, so give us give us the uh, give us a, an in depth overview of what uh, what your company is doing and how you know we can help uh, in terms of bringing promoting uh, NIL and promoting your company um, and getting more people educated on this process because it, it there's a there's a lot to it, man. There's players that are going to be making money that don't have financial education. Um, that, you know, don't know how to actually promote themselves and may have opportunities that aren't there. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, and, and, and fire away and then we'll pick, at, we'll pick at it after you're done. Great. Thank you. So I think it's important to uh, position my role here as the founder of this company and why I did it. So, you know, interestingly, my father was a college athlete, a, a catcher on a baseball team and a football quarterback and was a uh, school teacher, junior high gym teacher in Bellport, New York on Long Island. And so I grew up in athletics, you know, uh, you and I played junior high sports together and um, I was not a baseball player, but certainly an athlete in high school. And one of the things that my father taught me uh, early on was, you know, this is a great opportunity, athletics I'm talking about. And the mantra is to use athletics to better your life and to better the lives of the people around you. And I think you guys probably would subscribe to that, having been professional athletes and seen the advantages that you were afforded and therefore your families and the people around you. So when I started looking at NIL last summer, you know, I was a little bit turned off about the predatory nature, as I mentioned. And I saw that there was one thing that was missing and that was education. And, you know, there's almost 500,000 student athletes this academic year in the United States. That's division one, two, and three men's and women's all sports. And uh, certainly, you know, the large scale athletic programs have uh, relationships with marketing they have support staff to support those athletes. And I'm going to call that the top 2% of college athletes. But the 98% below that don't have those resources. And uh, they don't really know how to navigate this world. And so I developed what I call the five pillars, uh, which is the uh, Players NIL Foundation. Those five pillars are things that I think every student athlete needs to master in order to be successful in NIL. And let's remember now that the average in the first seven months, seven months of NIL, the average deal was $1,500 a month. So we see in the newspaper, you know, the quarterback at Alabama, the basketball player at Kentucky, these superstar programs, and we see six and seven figure, do, figure deals, but that's not the norm. The norm is, you know, 500, 1,000, actually $1,500 a month. The median price was $50 a month. That means half the kids were making more than 50, and half the kids are making less than $50 a month. So the five pillars are the following. So the first one is social media and branding. And for the first time, you know, in the history of the world, you can start a brand, create a brand, and engage an audience digitally, literally overnight. And that's a great opportunity, but there are some pitfalls with that. And we all know the kids that have tweeted things that we wish that they had on a Saturday night or a Sunday mm -hmm. afternoon at the beach. But, uh, 
certainly the digital marketing and social media aspect of it is very important. And there's lots to learn about that, not just having friends and family as followers, but creating an audience, <clears throat> creating a brand, uh, having a message, having, you know, something to say. The second pillar is if you were able to do that, creating a brand relationship. So an influencer relationship. So how do you engage with a brand that's interested in using your audience to sell products, right? This is a business. This is an exchange. The third pillar is a little bit more mechanical. So it's tax, legal, and finance. So interesting, Jeff, these kids are getting 1099 at the end of the year. They're not withholding taxes. They're independent contractors. We don't have to talk about the pitfalls of not withholding taxes that come April 15th, right? Um, they're signing contracts without any legal advice. Some of these contracts, they're giving away their lifetime rights to brands that they really don't care about. And now they're locked up and they're engaged in something that they can't get out of. Um, so contracts, legal, tax, uh, those are really important things. The uh, fourth pillar is one that's near and dear to me and one that my father instilled in me, and that is community service and philanthropy. You know, how do you give back? You know, how can you use athletics to better your life and better the lives around you? And giving back in a charitable way is one way to do that, whether it's a clinic, whether it's a leadership in the community, food bank, a community service, creating a foundation. There's lots of ways to do that and a great way to engage an audience. The fifth pillar is if we're successful with those first four is financial literacy. So if you're a division two baseball player and you're making $1,500 a month because you're, you know, you're working with the local Ford dealership or the pizza shop, what do you do with that money? You know, do you go on spring break, you know, and, and, and waste it away? Do you buy things that are useless in your life or do you build a foundation that you can launch the rest of your life financially in a, in a good way? And those are the five pillars. Sure. Players nil. So where where does where where would somebody start? What age is the right um, age for them to start to engage themselves? Obviously, you know, high school would be an educational part, I would think. Um, but we've seen players in our area already sign um, nil contracts with. Um, I don't know if they're agents now, because it seems like agents are trying to get more involved. And I see universities are trying to build programs. Um, so, you know, and I do want to talk about that. We go back to the, the recruiting process of all this stuff that's uh, that's involved. But, you know, what what what's a good age for families to get involved? We know the age for the recruiting process in high school. Um, and it keeps getting lower and lower and lower. We're seeing freshmen getting signed. It's It's crazy. But. Um, you know, we, we have to, we have to educate John and I and Andrew, the guys in our organization, we have to educate our parents every single year, uh, starting at a younger age, it seems like about what the recruiting process is. What is the starting point for, uh, somebody to start to educate themselves on the NIL? Well, I think it's subjective. And quite honestly, I'm a little bit nervous about these young kids, you know, entering into NIL contracts. I see some parents that are forcing that and the parents are controlling the money. So it's a, it's a little bit of a slippery slope there. Uh, our program starts at age 16, so juniors in high school, and we're trying to prepare kids because branding is important. Personal branding is critical. And, uh, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, you can make a lot of missteps on social media that may turn off college coaches, administrators, and Do we freeze partners when you're college. We think you're in school age 16 and above is where we should start. 16 is, 16 is a good age. So we uh, so at USA Baseball, I said we have different age groups. We bring the 15s and 16s in at the same time. 
um, you know, that would be a good audience to, uh, you know, to, to present that. So the recruiting process. So when I was reading the article in, in the Turp magazine, um, there was a player that was going to go to LSU, but he's from the Maryland area. He's from right around, right around College Park. And so he had a following through high school and all these other things. And he chose, instead of going to LSU, to stay back and play for Maryland because he had this attention from everybody in the community and he built, you know, he did t-shirts and all these other things. But to your point, um, you know, there was no real education. Maryland, Maryland seems to be from what I read, I'm sure every university is, is doing it, but they seem to be kind of ahead of the curve on it a little bit, you know, seeing this wave coming and was trying to prepare almost a, a recruiting marketing strategy to bring players to them because they had a better opportunity of making better money. I mean, that's one of those things that actually, you know, we've seen a lot of the schools in like the SEC that have the big football programs that have had so much success recruiting. But, you know, a kid from New York is less likely to go down there if he can make more money in New York. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it may level the field a little bit for a school that can take advantage of that. So, you know, you know there's, there's very few rules around this right now. Um, it is the Wild West, as we said. But one of the rules is, uh, Andrew, is you're not technically allowed to use NIL as a recruiting tool. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. right? It's just common and sense. So, uh, you know, there's two silos of NIL deals right now. The, the first silo, you know, is this new word that they're using, collectives. And essentially it's a booster club on steroids, right? And it's a bunch of alums and influencers pooling their money to influence recruits and keep kids in school. One of the things that's interesting that's been discussed at Kentucky, where they're notorious for one-and-done basketball players, is can they put one of these collectives together to pay the kids enough money to not go to the NBA in year two? And so that's one silo. So, you know, that's a booster club on steroids, I call it. The other silo are legitimate NIL deals. It's a business that's looking for a return on investment. And that return typically is, you know, publicity, and endorsement and call it influencer relationships. So, but technically you're not allowed to use NIL deals to recruit kids, but obviously that's happening. Mark, couldn't you, couldn't um, just say Under Armour, for example, go to Kentucky uh, basketball and say, Hey, any player that comes through, they're going to get full uh, Under Armour fitted for the rest of their life. That's not the school saying it right, but that's Under Armour saying that's what they're going to get. So that's like a gray area right now, as you said, like the wild, wild west. Yeah, I mean, the, there's no rules in terms of the length of the contract, the amount of the contract. There are supposedly some restrictions about the kids actually have to do something. They can't just stay home. They have to make an appearance. They have to tweet, things like that. But, you know, um, one of the things that uh, was really interesting is Adidas came out this past week, and they're celebrating uh, 50 years of Title IX. And so they've come out with a pool of money that they're going to distribute to athletes, a large sum of money. But your example of Kentucky is interesting. So Kentucky's a Nike school. What if Adidas or Under Armour wanted to try and grab one of those kids and pay them? You know, there's nothing legally that they could do. Even though they're a Nike school, they could, in their own personal life, wear another brand. So what, where do you see the regulating body coming from? Is it going to come from agents? Is it going to come from universities? Do you do you see kind of a path? You see people trying to navigate uh, to oversee all of this. It can't. Is it's not going to come from the NCAA, obviously, because you we've 
they're the ones that we had to box out. Well, the NCA created this problem by washing their hands of any responsibility. And when asked to step back in in recent months to help control and guide this, they actually took a step back even further. And they have um, delegated this to the state level and to the school level. So right now, this is a state-by-state legislation. There are only several, there are only a few states in the country that actually allow high school NIL deals. Um, That's going to open up more. You know, some of the early states created NIL plans like Alabama. They've had to walk back because they've actually lost some uh, competition to states like Texas, where they're allowed a little bit more freedom. So it's going to come on the state level from a legislative standpoint. And then it's going to be in, up to the individual schools to kind of police themselves, which is a little scary. But there are not a lot of controls right now, Jeff. It can go in any direction going forward. So this has got to be every day is a new day for you. Huh? Every day you're you're finding out something else and you're trying to navigate and build a business through kind of murky waters at this point. Yeah, I wake up on Monday morning. I say, what's going to happen this week? And I have a gin and tonic on Friday night and say, I can't believe what just happened this week. <laughs> Well, when you start having gin and tonics on Monday morning too, then we got then, then this is really out of control. So, is there is there a ceiling right now, or is it just is is everything wide open? Is there a cap to you know, like in baseball, we have the CBT, which is the uh, the competitive balance tax. Um, you know, so there's kind of parity across the board. But say somebody like uh, the, the kid that was at Clemson, that um, the quarterback Lawrence, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, right? If Trevor Lawrence was at Clemson, he has the opportunity to make far much more money than anybody else. So is there going to be some parity in there? Is there going to be a chest that goes in? I mean, or is this all just, you know, hypothetical conversations? Every man point? for himself. Yeah. Kind of is it? Well, there, there have been some deals. It's a great question. And certainly it's an open market and it's a free economy. And the Trevor Lawrence's of the world are going to, you know, be at the high end of it. Um, but there have been some deals where they have made a group licensing deal with an entire team. Because one of the things that coaches are worried about is, you know, Trevor Lawrence gets, you know, let's just say hypothetically three years ago, if this was allowed, a couple million dollars a year, right? What about the backup center, you know? Right. What's that like in the locker room? Where's the competitive advantage in the locker room? How about from a, you know, a recruiting standpoint, Trevor Lawrence pulls up in a Tesla or a Range Rover and the backup uh, lineman has a, you know, 1975 Ford pickup truck, right? Sure. And so coaches are worried about that inequity. So this group licensing thing is, is happening where brands are going in and, and making a group deal an equal share with everyone on the team. See, that was the beauty for John and I because they wanted nothing to do with our images. And then we had, you know, Griffey and Randy Johnson and all these other guys who were making all this all this money for us. So cause coattails, that, riding coattails. Yeah, that's baby. right, man. Because <laughs> in, in spring training we all got the same check. They didn't get a bigger one than I did. Um I so, think yeah, I mean I think you know I, there's, there's got to be some way to re- regulate that, at least on a, on a university. You know, you don't want your locker room to be destroyed because you've got such an equity across the board. So you, you almost, it almost, you'd almost imagine there's got to be some form where everybody's going to get something and then your stars can go get extra so that at least everybody gets a little something. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to I change. solved it. I just fixed it. You did. Done. You can go now, Mark. You got to fix for <laughs> us, okay? Just, you but, know. You know, they, but, here's, but here's one of the body. points. But here's a good point, though, John. So – you know, of course, the stars are going to have a strategic advantage from a fan standpoint. But the great thing about NIL and what the players NIL is going to help kids with is you could be the backup center. You might be charismatic, right? You might be entrepreneurial. You might have a bigger following. You might have more time on your hands or more freedom to do those things. 
And there's no, there's nothing that says that you can't create an NIL opportunity equal, if not greater than the stars on the field, because you bring more to the table in a real business relationship. Uh, like um, Domingo Ayala type, you know, uh, you know, like, yeah. a, you know, a, you know, kind of a, a, a lower level baseball player. And, and, you know, he had this great charisma and he created yeah. his own brand off of it. Yeah. I mean, you could see that happening for sure. I mean, the, the odds are going to be that it's going to be with the stars, the Heisman trophy candidates, the Naismith winners, you know, those, those different guys are going to be garnering the most money, but there's certainly there's going to be guys out there that can do that. So it's funny. So one of the, the cause when I'm reading through all these things, one of the things that popped in my head, remember Brian Bosworth? Yeah. Right. The Boz. So they were, he was in college. They were in a bowl game. And um, and I forget who the school was and the whole who they were playing against, but the school they were playing against, the whole mantra was Bosworth sucks, Bosworth sucks. So he got somebody to print thousands of T-shirts and they took him into that venue outside and they sold Bosworth sucks T-shirts. He put on Bosworth sucks on it yeah. and he made a ton of money. Now, I don't know what the repercussions were from that if he got in trouble, but he jumped to the NFL pretty quick anyway, um, you know, to, to do that. So, you know, the interesting part that's going to happen is not just, you know, we're talking about the financial benefits for the players, right? And potentially, um, will they be allowed to use the images of the university? So could they say University of Maryland or could they use, you know, him in uniform or things like that? Is it going to be a shared revenue, um, you know, between the school and the player if there's if, if there's a big image? But the piece that's going to be interesting is you get these guys in there that are making more money than that and you have to coach these kids. Now you got to coach the attitude because he's getting more money than I am. And that changed the dynamic inside the uh, on the field as well. Yeah, there's no question that there's that there's challenges around all of that. And um, you know, I think one of the great things about NIL is that kids can create their own brand and do their own thing. But it is an individual preference on how much they want to do. And I think that we'll figure it out. And I think that the average kid, you know, if they can make five hundred or thousand dollars a month working with a local pizza shop, working with a local charity you know, creating some community value. That's really going to be the majority of the cases. This top 2% is may even get smaller as, uh, as this filters through. Well, so, can I jump yeah, in real quick? Yeah. You mentioned your five pillars. The fifth pillar was the, the, the financial, the, financial the, literacy, literacy. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I definitely am all for that. I, I wish that was taught at, middle school and high school. No and kidding. I wish that was taught all along the board. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, you see, you know, Jeff and I with the coming out of professional athletics, like so many guys had no idea how to handle money mm-hmm. on any level. And there was, you know, there was, they didn't know how to balance a checkbook. They didn't understand, you know, things really cost money. Another thing that most of these guys, you know, that are playing sports right now don't realize is very short lifespan. You know, mm-hmm. and so the, this money that they do have coming in and things, it's it's going to be, it, you know, they spend it. They don't understand how to how to set money aside. Make it long term for yeah. stability, life stability. I mean, they're running a sole proprietorship. It's what they're doing. Well, they're giving they, them business. They, basically, you give any kid that age, you know, a handful of money and he's going to go. I mean, I was the same way. I mean, when I had a paper route, right, I'm thinking I'm calculating how many papers I sell, how much money I got and how much I can spend. You know, and it was all of it. I never you never plan for anything beyond that. Um you know, so that, you know, that that's a big piece. We do that here. Our, our nonprofit organization, Mark, is You Deserve a Chance Foundation. Um, and we partner with CMR, which is Carolina Metro Reds, and we built Knothole. But inside Knothole, which is our the facility and all that other stuff, we have programming. And one of them is uh, is financial literacy. And it's interesting because if you look in the community that we built our facility in, there is 
10 to 15 Title I schools, which means at below poverty level. And the majority of the families and kids in this community deal in cash. They don't deal in, you know, credit card charges and, you know, interest rates and all the, all these other things. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 they're so used to getting the cash put in their pocket, going out and buying sneakers or buying jewelry or buying cars or doing whatever. And then they got to go back and out and get more cash. They just replenish the cash. They don't, they don't understand it. So I think that, that, that I mean, the whole, the whole pillar thing I love, I mean, mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it, it kind of fits into any kid, like you're saying, John, I mean, even, you know, any kid at any level, you need to have all these, but now, dumping a bunch of money on kids that, and, and I say a bunch of money, like to some kid, $250 more a month is a lot because when you're given the, uh, the analogy of the guy pulling up in a Range Rover, you know, we hear stories of guys that can't even feed themselves in college. Well, you they don't see, have enough money. I mean, not even just the sports, but like you see these kids, you know, like a lot of the, the complaints now is that, you know, how much money costs or how much everything costs, you know, everything costs that much money. And you're getting these college grads that are 24, 25, 26 coming out and they have they, they've got these great degrees and they've got these potentially great jobs. And, you know, they're in these career paths that are going to eventually end up being a lot of money. But they don't have the slightest idea to actually how to actually function with cash and with with credit and with you know, everything you need on the from the financial spectrum. It's I mean, it, it's, it's mind blowing how much time we, everybody spends on everything else. And, and that is neglected so much. Yeah. So how has how has been the uh, the response to your company uh, being out there and there? And is there one company out there that's kind of you know kind of running the road a little bit faster than others? Uh, well, first of all, you know this is uh, week ten, so we launched ten weeks ago. We just completed phase one, which is announcing the brand, creating awareness, doing a lot of peer to peer work like we're doing here today. So we started phase two this week, which will be starting to actually launch some free content, some educational points to kind of connect with our audience. And then at the end of phase two in the coming months, we'll actually launch the five pillar course, which will be a, an online course sold directly to the students. Oh, download it, take it at their own time. Online learning is here to stay. And that will be out this summer so that before the summer, so that kids can prepare when they go back to class and go back to school uh, in the fall. So we will, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're going to continue with this, but it's, uh, it's the player, it's the players, NIL.com, the players, NIL.com. So any you got anybody that's out there, just, you know, go check out the website, see what's going on, reach out, Mark, they can, they can reach out to you with, with questions or. And- yeah, I would, thank you, Jeff. I would say go to the website and sign up for our newsletter. We're sending out weekly newsletters with information, news, New, new case studies. Um, you can contact the website directly. Uh, we have a podcast where we interview people that have used sports to better their life and the lives of those around them and uh, get in our database so that you can get the information and you'll get the free content. And then when we launch our course, you'll be notified early with a discount. And this is all a, an online education. People can go through it and, and you guys will mentor them as they're going through it as well. Yes, and we'll offer additional modules with podcast coaching, apparel design, logo design, website design for the real entrepreneurs. And then the last phase will be we're actually going to launch a uh, Players NIL Institute, which will be for post-career guidance. So for those that when their career is over, who are... Mental health, you know, society living beyond sports, and that'll be the final phase of our program. 
All right. Well, excellent. So that, that's outstanding information. We're gonna we're gonna share this with you know obviously with people here online, but people through our organization as well, and then uh, hopefully we can make some connections and through, the millions through, of people around the country listening to us. That's right. right. Millions, millions, and millions. Yep. So, um, but Mark, we appreciate the time. Uh, you know, you getting on with us. I know you're you're on the West Coast, correct? Are you out in uh, California? Actually, on the on the East Coast. I've got a lacrosse game to watch tomorrow. I'm in Baltimore right now, but. Oh, no kidding. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate it. It's the uh, theplayersnil.com. Mark Kestra, high school alum. And, uh, Which, was, it, was it the 19th Pat- century or the 18th century? You guys well, were, we were, we were the first teammates. ones that they wanted to give the NIL to, was Mark <laughs> oh. and I. But, you know, we were like, nah, we just got to massage a little bit more. It's not enough money for us. So Jeff and I played football with no helmets. Yeah, we did. <laughs> leather. That yeah, explains the, a lot. Yeah, we had one leather helmet. We gave it to John Stelling. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, thank you, man, and we'll be in touch. We appreciate the, you know, we appreciate you jumping on with us, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, congratulations on all your success, Jeff, and everything that you guys are doing down there. I think it's awesome, and the players NIL is uh, is happy and, and thankful to be part of it. And uh, let's continue the conversation. Look forward to it. All right, pleasure. So, take care, guys. Take care. So that's that's good stuff, man. Yeah, some of that I mean, stuff just goes right on board with like what you should be doing recruiting wise. When I was listening to his pillars and stuff like that, it was like, hey, you know, you need to make sure you do this, this, and this, and it's like creating checklists for those kind of things. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good guide. It's a good way to guide yourself through the process. Yeah, it'll be interesting where this where this thing end, ends up. Like I said, it's 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 completely unregulated right yeah, now. Everybody's right. just running wide open. open market. And, I think you're going to see eventually. You're going to see some. There has to there's be. like you know like a NCAA Division One teams or universities even come kind of doing it themselves and creating like their own. Well, uh, they're like union within the, you know, kind of like a, the, the, the players union. Like you come into the, the baseball team and you're on the union here for this right. baseball team. And, you know, I think eventually you'll see it that way. And it may be on a bigger scope. You may be all division three falls. falls right. So it's, all it's, division two. it's state and school right now. Yeah. So the state is the state government. So the state. So and unless all the states are on board, you'll have to do it university to university right. because everybody's different. But eventually probably conference. You know, you think conference sure, like ACC, the SAC ACC, or the ACC, yeah, the yeah. Fives, you probably yeah. see conferences coming together to do to do that mm-hmm. themselves. But the states have to get on board first. You've got to get all the states that are in your yeah. conference on the same plan or else there's not going to be. I think the piece footing. that makes me m- most nervous is that instead of choosing, you know, the institute that fits you the best, you're going to choose the institute that's going to get you the most money and being such short term. Uh-huh. And I mean, you may go three or four years in college and that's it. Puff, you're gone. Who cares who you are? Right. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't, it, this, you know, but again, more, you know, he has, uh, he, you know, he has guidance beyond education in his, in his, in his pillars, which is, which is crucial. You know, I mean, we see that a lot too. It's, you know, they get to college and then you navigate your way through it. And then also now what do I do? You know, you lose, you lose the identity of being an athlete or a player. And now you have to be something, you know, that that provides for but you. But at least you know. this way, you get you got some money while you were doing the rest of that, because it seems like that's what everybody does, anyways, right? Well, you chase, yeah, you chase out the money, but yeah, you're right. At least maybe you can come out of there with a little bit of a better edge, and you can find your path. Because a lot of people come out of college and they'll jump into the first job, like you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, one of the kids that that came out of Queens and he went to the NCSA garbage thing, and he's. You know he's he's in a he's in a room with a guerrilla marketing and they're making a hundred phone calls a day asking you know boiler room yeah the boiler, boiler room. room yeah you know it's it's uh you know not uh not fun so no. okay we got usa baseball ntis uh 
identifier this tournaments this weekend. Yep. We're excited about that. We'll do more of that. Um, like I said, we talked about our all-star game. We will be to- reaching out to college, uh, high school, high school coaches and major league scouts that are scouting high school kids to get nominations for, um, for players. And again, it's free. It's June 8th and 9th. It's during the week. It doesn't interfere with anybody's travel. It doesn't fe- interfere with anything. It's going to be a great event out here. Uh, we may even bring Mark out here, you know, to, uh, you know, to present and, you know, just just make it an educational and uh, and an experience, be fun. It's an opportunity. Be a celebration. Experience. I keep calling it a celebration. Celebration. It's a celebration. What's a celebration? What's a when you celebrate? We're celebrating their. We're seasons. celebrating. That's yeah, special. Celebrating. We need to Ray here tell us how special that that day would special. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so, yeah, amazing. Excited about that. Like I said, again, the fields. I mean, if if you guys have not been out to Tuckasegee Dreamfields in Charlotte, you need to take a trip out here, and see what's happened. And this is all started from a napkin. To uh to a, a contribution from Major League Baseball to get kicked off, and we're seven million dollars into this thing. When the lights get out here, it's going to be amazing. Um, you guys want to watch Division Two baseball? You want to watch a nine-year-old team? You want to watch a high school team? They're all out here. It's all happening. Um, so pro, it's, it's, pro team scout days. We got pro team it. scout I, yeah, days. I mean, it's, it, it covers everything. Yep. And the grass is so pretty. Right. It now. is. So you can pretty. lay down on it. It looks like turf. It's napping it grass. Look like it looks like it looks like grass. It rolls nice. Like, it rolls really nice. Like twelves. Twelve yep. on the green. Twelve on the stem meter. Yep. Yep. <laughs> twelve on the green. That means I'm rolling, rolling off and into the water. So <laughs> what? Would you send me yesterday? Uh, water finders. Yeah. Like water. The old. The old the old stick, the stick, and then, yeah, and then whatever, and then then he had my golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the things that uh, that I found it. But all right, so we got more projects outside. Yeah, that we, yeah, we knock got out before the weekend. So we uh, yeah. we appreciate everybody listening to us. Another week, and uh, we'll be back next Friday to do this again. And I think we're going to bring uh, Ali Faber out. So we want to thank EA Sports Fields, Architect Sports, Ali Faber, Blast Motion. All those people that have been uh, supportive of what we're doing have been out here. And now um, the Players NIL. Okay, the playersnil.com. Go check it out. We appreciate everything.